1: Good morning, this is the California Report. I'm Mavi Bolaños in San Francisco, and these are the California stories we're following. The San Mateo County Board of Supervisors voted unanimously to become the first county in the country to recognize loneliness as a public health emergency. Supervisor David Canapa introduced the resolution.
2: We have 45% of the people who find
0: themselves being lonely and that suffer from loneliness.
1: He's also asking Governor Newsom to create a minister of loneliness position for the state. If approved, the minister would help enact policies to help improve mental health. And business and agricultural groups are suing California over its recent climate disclosure mandates. They argue the laws go too far and overstep the federal government's authority to regulate emissions nationwide. One of the laws requires companies that make over $1 billion a year to disclose their greenhouse gas emissions starting in 2026. A new report says state corrections officials have used inappropriate tactics to reduce a backlog of staff misconduct cases. KQED's Alex Hall has more. When a person held in a state prison files a complaint alleging staff misconduct, it's supposed to go to the Department of Corrections Office of Internal Affairs or trained investigators. But a report by the state inspector general says prison officials dealt with a backlog by reclassifying hundreds of complaints as routine grievances. Penny Godbold is an attorney representing people in prison with disabilities in a lawsuit.
0: They've completely disregarded those complaints and missed an opportunity to discover whether staff misconduct is occurring and to do something about it.
1: A state prison spokesperson told KQED the agency remains committed to improving the staff complaint process. That was KQED's Alex Hall. A bill that would let state legislators shield their property holdings from disclosure forms is advancing in the legislature this week. CalMatters' Alexi Kosef has more from Sacramento. Every year, elected officials have to fill out a form that discloses to the public their financial interests, including the properties that they own. But with rising political violence, such as the recent hammer attack against former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, many lawmakers are now concerned that it's too dangerous to have this information available on the Internet. So a new bill that's moving through the Capitol right now would actually redact the addresses of those properties from these annual disclosure forms. Opponents, such as good government groups, argue that it's important to have transparency so that we can see how the business interests of lawmakers affects their votes, such as lawmakers who are landlords voting on renter policy. That's CalMatters' Alexei Kossif.
2: Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair.
1: In California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers.
0: Recognize the badge of my office.
1: I'm Suki Lewis. From KQED Podcasts comes On Our Watch Season 2, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. This is an important and maybe frightening week for a huge number of people in Los Angeles who rent. To explain why, I'm joined by my California Report colleague, Saul Gonzalez from LA. Hey, Saul.
2: Hey, Mahdi. So tomorrow, the city of LA ends renter protections that were implemented during the depths of the COVID-19 pandemic. That means tenants need to start paying back the back rent they owe to their landlords. Also, the city will start allowing rent increases in units covered through its rent stabilization program. That means some tenants who live in rent-stabilized apartments will have their rents raised for the first time in four years. These changes, of course, have a lot of LA renters worried. I talked to some of them at a legal assistance clinic for tenants that was held over the weekend in Hollywood. It was there that I met Lindsey Butler. He's a truck driver and a single dad who rents.
0: The eviction protection has been helping me tremendously. That way we can keep a roof over our head. LA is so expensive and my rent went up, you know, so I'm just trying to get a little assistance so I could not get evicted.
2: Now, there are big worries that the end of pandemic renter protections could lead to the eviction of tens of thousands of renters in L.A. if they can't pay their landlords back. That could mean many more people ending up homeless on the streets, even as the city struggles to house people who are already homeless. I talked about that with Conway Collis. He's president of the Mayor's Fund of Los Angeles, a nonprofit which works with City Hall to develop housing solutions in L.A
0: there's going to be 35,000 evictions in the city of L.A. this year. Unless we're able to stem the tide of the evictions, all of the mayor's efforts to end homelessness in L.A. simply cannot be successful. It's as if there's an earthquake that's hitting Los Angeles every single day, and that's the way we have to treat it, is that kind of crisis.
2: Again, that was Conway Collis of the Mayor's Fund for Los Angeles. Monty?
1: Okay, so what are tenants' rights advocates telling renters who might be way behind in their rent to do as COVID protections end?
2: Well, they're strongly advising renters to pay what they can to their landlords and to talk to them about partial rent forgiveness and working out some sort of payment plan that's fair to both sides. They're also telling renters to remember that just because COVID protections have gone away, that doesn't mean renters' rights have vanished, like laws that protect tenants from landlords who illegally try to harass them by entering their dwellings or locking them out of their apartments. But despite the advice, the end of COVID protections will no doubt spark many land landlord-tenant disputes in L.A. and lead to some number of evictions. The big question is just how many.
1: That's my California Report colleague Saul Gonzalez talking about the end of COVID eviction protections in the city of Los Angeles. Thanks, Saul. Thanks, Monty. And with another big storm on the way, San Diego County is taking extra steps to ensure that people who were already hit hard by flash flooding last week won't lose their homes. The Board of Supervisors passed an ordinance prohibiting evictions and rent increases in 11 zip codes, mainly in eastern and southeast San Diego. The eviction moratorium lasts 60 days. And that's the California Report for Wednesday, January 31st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Mavi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day.
0: Support for the California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation. Listening to Black Californians, a new study on how the healthcare system undermines the pursuit of good health, on the web at chcf.org lbca. Monterey Bay Aquarium, inspiring conservation of the ocean through amazing live exhibits and global action to protect the ocean from plastic pollution, climate change, and overfishing. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy works to create a cleaner, healthier, more secure world for all, on the web at theschmidt.org.